baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. And that was Sean McDonough with ESPN, and he was the one that was kind of taking some shots at the Rays for not having a lot of fans in the stands. Some people were making the excuse about afternoon baseball games. And, mm-hmm. Okay, like, tell me tell me the attendance is down, but don't show me that the stadium is less than half filled. Yeah. it's not That's not going to work for me. There were other teams playing afternoon games that weren't as empty as that stadium. But it's a postseason. Um Let's start off with that 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 series. Uh, you know, I, I said it earlier. Does Tampa Bay end up getting a pass? Because, you know, we we look at this team. They they've had failures in the postseason. They've been one of the best teams in the American League over the past what five seven at years. Least, yeah. yeah, I mean they've they've always been there. They've mm-hmm. gone to a, a World Series. You know, it's not like they're devoid of talent or anything. Or they get here and they just fall apart. But we haven't seen it come to fruition. And the way that the teams assembled, they do a great job of putting it together. But at some point. They will make a mistake. Like some people think the Joe Ryan trade was a mistake when you give up on a pitcher like that. Um, they did have a ton of injuries this year. They had the Wander Franco situ- uh, situation, but they just did not hit in this series. So, like, I mean, maybe you say hats off to Jordan Montgomery and Nathan Avaldi who were lights out, but it wasn't like there weren't opportunities. I mean, there were a lot of double plays that guys were yeah. getting into. You had chances to get back in the game. Um, but yeah, so it was kind of an ugly day for them yesterday. Are you shocked at all? Yes and no. I'm a little shocked how badly they played the first game. Um, but I'm not shocked because when you have a short series like this, that's it, man. Anything can happen. If this was a seven-game series, you go down 0-2, no big deal. Now we go back to our stadium. Now it's 2-2. You know, that's how it really works, and mm-hmm. that's not the case when you have a three-game set. Yeah, and, and I found it interesting. They were talking about Kevin Cash and how he said he wasn't going to treat this elimination game uh, differently than any other game. And he left Eflin in, but like you've got a pretty good bullpen. You've got other arms. When, once Eflin started struggling, I don't know why you don't pull him. It's not like, I think Zach Eflin is a good pitcher, but it's not like you ended up getting, you know, this ace that was going to shut down or he could lock down at any moment. That's not, that's not what he is. He's just a solid pitcher. But once he started to scuffle and you saw him getting hit around, like he left him in. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, oh, I want to get... I mean, was he thinking, I want to give him a chance to get through five innings so he has a shot at getting the win? He didn't have a shot at getting the win. You got your ass handed to you and then uh, that's, gave that's up some truly, long balls. I mean, not, that's so far down the list of importance in the postseason. Well, I, I, yeah. I don't think that's why he left him in. No. I'm just saying it's just weird to watch it when you see a guy give up a couple of hits in a row and you're like, well, let's see if he can get this last out. Um, especially when you're in an elimination game. All right, let's move on to, before we get to the other American League game, the two National League games, because I my assumption is I'll, I'll brush over the Arizona-Milwaukee series because I don't think a lot of people really cared about it. Um, Arizona wins the first two games, obviously takes the series. Now they'll get the mm-hmm. Dodgers. Um, and, you know, like the familiarity's there, but I still think the Dodgers are going to beat the crap out of these guys. Uh, the, you know, riding high. They, uh, just like the Orioles three years ago, were like, what, 52 and 110. So it's kind of a cool story for them that they yeah. were able to hang on. They kind of, I'm going to say they backed into the playoffs, but... Timely hitting. Last night, the Brewers were winning late, 
and they came up with a big score, and it held up, and they won the game. They found a way to win game one with Brandon Fott pitching. Now they can reset their lineup. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting to see them go up against the Dodgers where I'm not going to give them much of a chance if I'm just being brutally honest. I, I know there's familiarity, but I just think the Dodgers are a far superior team, even with their injuries. Paper they are, for sure. Yeah. For uh, sure. So, all right, let's, let's talk about this Phillies team because this is going to be a fun team to watch. Lots of power. Guys that hit for average. You see Nick Castellano showing the finger. You see that they're, that they're yeah. telling everybody what they want this year. The ring. Bryce Harper running through stop signs, being aggressive. Um, if you look at what Zach Wheeler's done, I said it before the, the playoffs started, they're not afraid of the Braves. Does that mean they're going to beat them? No. But I picked the Orioles and Phillies to be in the World Series this year, and the Phillies are an absolute beast right now, the way that uh, Aaron Nola and Zach Wheeler are pitching. They really do look good, though. Mm-hmm. Really look good. Um I find the Phillies a fascinating ball club because, like I say, they have a. They don't win the division, but they do so well when they get in, and then they really excel in the postseason. I just find them to be a really dangerous team. I got to agree with you on that. Yeah, I mean, there's they just have a little bit of everything, and then they they have all these interesting pieces. Uh, I don't know if you. I was telling Ed the story that Garrett Stubbs got drunk in the. Like he does every every time they clinch something, <laughs> he celebrates more than anybody out there. He's dancing. I don't know if he's doing what all he's grinding with, but Garrett uh, Stubbs was singing "Deed Down in Dallas" <laughs> yesterday in the, in the clubhouse as he was just getting lit. So uh, he's definitely having a good time. But Bryson Stott coming through with the grand slam, and and if anybody hasn't seen it on social media, they have like just the sound of the ballpark, the crack of the bat, and the sound behind it with the fans. crack of the bat. And you can say what you want. I'm sure you don't like Philly fans because of your uh, who you've rooted for over the years. Yeah. But that is a great fan base that are just absolute lunatics. And I mean that yeah. in the nicest way possible to you Philly fans out there. Uh, you guys are absolute lunatics, and I think it's one of the best fan bases in sports. Um, it's, they're enthusiastic. <laughs> he doesn't want to let me give it up to our cousins up north. <laughs> All right. Well, this this last series, though, so Minnesota finally gets it done, ironically, against one of their former aces in Jose Barreos, who only pitched 47 pitches. I don't know what was going on there. They did give up two runs, but it took him out. Um, it went to Yusei Kikuchi to try to you know keep him in the game. It was a 2-0 game. It's just their bats didn't do anything. Sonny Gray was really good. Uh, they had a moment with the bases loaded, and he gets um, – well, there were two separate situations. They had a bases-loaded moment where they could have got through it, get a double play, and then had another big inning with Bo Bichette up. The bases are at second and third, which could have tied the game. A great hitter. Guy's hitting over well over 300. Um, and uh, Sonny Gray picks off Vlad Guerrero on second base to get out of the inning. Doesn't even have to beat Bo Bichette. Picks Vlad Guerrero. Vlad Guerrero laid on the ground with his hand on the bag, telling him to challenge it. And everybody's watching like, get your ass up, you're out. You're out. <laughs> Stop it. You don't get to lay there. Get up. Get over at first base. Um, but now the Twins get the Astros. So as far as the series coming up, how do you think we see the ALCS and the NLCS set? Who do you think's winning? I would say it's going to be... The Orioles and the Astros. What about on the other side? What other side? The NL side. <laughs> Jackass. <laughs> Phillies and Dodgers. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of feeling that too, man. Like I I think Phillies, Dodgers, Orioles, Astros, and um and I'm just sticking with it. I mean, I made the prediction before it, so I'm gonna stick with it. The Braves are loaded. 
the Braves, if the Braves get by the Phillies, I think they're going to the World Series. And good luck to anybody that comes out of the American League. Um, not that you can't beat them. They're just, it's a really good team. I mean, think about their top five hitters and what they do. What, yeah. I mean, you've got uh, arguably one of the best players in baseball leading off. You've got a second baseman that's a switch hitter that hits for power and average. The guy hitting third might have, you know, might be one of the best young power hitters in all of baseball in Austin Riley. Then you got the guy that led the, the league in home runs. I, how, what did he finish with? Like 54, 55? He was 54. It's just unbelievable. 54. And then you get past that and you got Marcelo Zuna, uh, the two catchers, depending on how you want to stack them. Eddie Rosario, who found new life there. And then Michael Harris is batting ninth for him. And he's a guy that would be batting first for most teams in the in the Major League Baseball. So, and, and when you start talking about their pitching, you got a power arm and strider. You've got a lefty ground ball pitcher to keep you at bay and Max Freed and a bunch of other guys that are solid pitchers, a veteran and Charlie Morton. So I, I think if you're if you're going to beat the Braves, you're either going to have some just unbelievable starting pitching or you're going to be able to outmash them in certain games. And that's how you're going to have to do it. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I, that's I really feel confident that's the way it's going to turn out, though. It just feels like they're they really having this do. magical season in the Phillies ride. Well, well, we'll see. I, I want to see where the money's going. I haven't seen any lines yet as far as the only thing we know is that the Orioles are playing at 1 o'clock. I don't even know. Have they, they haven't even set the other times yet, right, Joe? For the uh, They have not. And yeah. I've seen that the Orioles were at plus 125. Plus 120. In the opening game? Yeah. Wow. I, I'm going to be all over the bird. All the other ones were much more uh, skewed Wow. towards the favorites. Damn. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Kind of crazy. All right. Well, we got more to get to here. We're going to talk to Gordon McGinnis at 830. We've got World of Stupid at 845. But up next, we talk Orioles with Kevin Brown. See what he thinks about uh, facing this Texas Rangers team. He's seen him a couple times already. Solid club. We'll get his take on it right here on 105.7 The Fan. Well, this is how Kevin Brown likes to be brought in with some Oasis. What did we bring him in with last time? And he wasn't... He wasn't a big fan of. Can't remember what it was. I, I can't remember what it was. Let's bring in Kevin Brown. No Rob Long today. He's out. Um, but... Ed Norris, Jeremy Kahn here with you. Kevin, how are you, man? Have I ever not been a big fan of the music I was brought in with? No, we brought you in with something last time where you were like, what was that? Um, I thought, I, I'm trying to remember what song it was, but this is this is your this is your brand. You're on brand right now with, with Oasis playing in the background. I, I, have, I have lots of brands, but this is probably my number one brand. Okay, I, I can dig Could it. Could be known for something, you know? Well, Kevin, let me start you off with this. As you look at, now we know they're playing the Rangers. Um... Your thoughts on on the matchup and just how these two teams? Because we've seen them a couple times this year. It should yeah. be a pretty good series. Yeah, the uh, the simplistic way of looking at it is really good offense uh, versus really good pitching staff. Um, that's that is simplistic, but there is something to that. The Rangers have just a a deep deep lineup, and we saw that in the Tampa series. They are really good. They can really hit. They've got Josh Young back. They've got Jonah Heim back who missed some time with injury. And they got this 
This kid, Evan Carter, I mean, we're all impressed with Gunnar Henderson, and we should be, what Gunnar's done at 22. Uh, Evan Carter's 21, and I think he reached base his first six times in the wild card series. So they are tough. Uh, They're going to be tough outs up and down the lineup. I I think the Orioles have the pitching advantage. Uh, The Rangers have the 24th best bullpen in the league. They have a couple of pretty reliable arms, Jose Leclerc. They got a Raldis Chapman, who's obviously incredibly experienced in the postseason, has been pretty good, if not great for them. But their bullpen is a lot more gettable. And I think the Orioles, even without Felix Bautista, have the bullpen advantage. So I'm I'm pretty fascinated by it. I think the games we saw in the regular season down in Texas, the second series of the year were good. Um, the Rangers came here. They really hit around Grayson Rodriguez the second time they played in Baltimore. And I think Grayson Rodriguez is a completely different pitcher now. So I'm very interested to see Grayson, particularly against the Rangers, and to see John Means against all the big lefty bats of the Rangers. And, you know, to see how the Orioles do with Jordan Montgomery, a pitcher who really, really pitched well against them in his time with the Yankees. There's, there's a lot of intrigue here, and it's going to be a it seems like an awfully tough series, the way the Rangers just steamrolled through Tampa. I was really surprised by Tampa guys. I I thought they would put up a big fight. I thought they would win that series. And they laid back-to-back eggs, especially defensively. I was I was shocked by the way that series went. But credit to the Rangers. They were terrific. Yeah, and, and the other guy that like I keep bringing up is if people haven't paid attention to what Corey Seager's done this year, he's been the best player in baseball, not named Shohei Otani. Um, it's just, he's had an unreal season. And when you look at it, it's not just the home runs. It's the, the batting average. It's the hitting with runners and scoring position. It's a little bit of everything. He's really is the guy that I'm most worried about in that lineup. Yeah. 119 games, 42 doubles, 33 homers. Um, Corey Seager is a special player. Uh, he was a special player with the Dodgers for a long time. He obviously won the world series MVP in 2020. And then he came to Texas last year, had a pretty quiet year, and the Rangers had a really bad year, and you wondered, boy, was this a big mistake to give him a long-term contract? Doesn't look like it now. Looks like the right decision. Uh, he and Marcus Simeon, I would guess, probably the best middle infield combination in baseball at second base and shortstop, 62 combined home runs. Simeon didn't miss a game. Seager did miss some time with injuries. but And you mentioned the average, 327. OPS 1,013. He's, he's a special player. He's a big moment player. I think that matters. Uh, you know, it, it, sometimes it matters and you have experience. Sometimes it doesn't, right? But, but to have Corey Seager as the rock of this lineup, somebody who won a World Series three years ago, was really hit in the postseason. I think it matters. I think it matters for some of the young players that Texas has. I just think he is – once again, proving he's one of the best all-around players in baseball. Well, get back to the – I know we're talking about the matchup a little bit, but I, I just don't quite understand why people are so – still not believing in the Orioles after they have the season they have, you know, more than 100 wins, best team in the American League, and still I think people are discounting them nationally. What, what do you attribute that to? Boy, uh, at this point, you wonder why people are still discounting the Orioles. I want 101 games. <laughs> I mean, <it laughs> maybe people don't want to admit they're wrong. Yeah. I think I mean, that's maybe part people of it. Yeah. yeah, 
Um, people don't want to admit they're wrong. Um, I mean, there still aren't, you know, there aren't a lot of big flashy names on the team from a national perspective. There's Corey Seager on one side, right? There are the Astros, the defending champs on the other side. And there's all the flashy names in Atlanta, L.A. I think part of it is, too, you know, what I just mentioned, which is important that the Rangers have Corey Seager as postseason experience. I mean, the Orioles really don't, right? They they have – Kyle Gibson was a part of that Phillies team last year. He, he didn't pitch a ton of the postseason. Adam Frazier was a part of the Mariners team that made the division series last year. And James McCann has a little experience. I mean, it's really not a team that has a ton of postseason experience. Aaron Hicks has been there a few times with the Yankees, obviously hasn't had a ton of success. So I think that will matter to people. I think the Orioles are going to play well. Uh, now, am I biased? Sure, completely. But, uh, yeah, I guess we all are, but I, I believe it too. I think, yeah. I think they're going to play well. I, I just They've responded to everything this year. They've they've never they've had one bad week. Right? They had a one and six stretch. They've had really one bad week over the course of the year. They were never swept. They're always very level headed, mature, play smart baseball. Um and the pitching rotation right now, the last two turns through, the starters were awesome. I think the starters are gonna be good. I think the rest can be bad for some teams that have serious momentum going into the postseason. I think the Orioles' offense could have used a breather. Austin Hazel bangs up. Ryan O'Hearn's been a little slow. Cedric Mullins has been banged up. I think there are guys that needed a few days to reset themselves. I think the bullpen needed a few more days with their crazy sprint to the finish. Um, I just think this team's played well in every situation, and I think they're going to play well. I don't know if they'll beat Texas, but I think they'll play well. I think they'll show out. I think they'll give a good count of themselves in the postseason no matter how far they get and look i people keep counting them out great fantastic yeah, that's i mean that's kind of how i brandon feel. hyde I, I love what he said at the end of the year he said nobody thought we had a chance and i wanted our guys to take that personally i think they did and they could take this personally now so Kevin, let me ask you this: Since you, I'm assuming you've done ball games with no fans in the stand, and you, you've had them where the stadium's been packed, obviously that place being packed to the house and as loud as it can get, um, what what types of crowds do you think we're going to see here at Camden Yards in the playoffs? Not like what, what the Rays saw. We're definitely going to see better something than better. Tropicana Field yeah. would be like <laughs> going out on a limb. <laughs> as uh, as Sean McDonough said, the group the can't group. call it a crowd. The group at Tropicana Field. <laughs> Um, so I have uh, I have not had the pleasure of seeing postseason baseball at Camden Yards yet. The last time it happened was still a few years before I came to the team. Um, I've only ever heard about it, and I have heard nothing but the most incredible things about what's in store for us. I, I thought the the energy in the crowds was on another level this year. Even the nights when it wasn't 40,000, you know, 25,000 sounded like 40,000 some nights. So I would expect that it's going to be a sold-out weekend. Um, I've had a lot of people ask about tickets. I don't have any left. I'm sorry. <laughs> if, any of you are, if any of you are listening right now and I haven't given you tickets, 
I'm sorry. I got Rob does. Contact you. Rob for free tickets. He's got yeah, all Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Rob gets uh, 95 tickets a game, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Rob gets an entire section. Yeah. That's why Rob's out. He's, he's still tr- just peddling his, his tickets to, to folks. No, that's not true. Lot. No, his all back, his back went out from count- carrying all that Orioles swag they give him. In the <laughs> yeah. Tickets and out to his car. His bag was too heavy, I saw. <laughs> that's hey. right. That's right. Hey, Kev. I think, I, I, yeah, I think the crowds are going to be absolutely electric. I think that will matter. I, mean, I think it matters that the Rays didn't have much of a home field advantage. Look at what the Phillies have done the last couple of years. The Phillies crowds have been just maybe the best in baseball in the postseason. I, I think the Orioles crowd is going to be at an absolute fever pitch. It's been a long time getting here. I think they are going to be standing and cheering from for the first pitch. Kevin, I hope you enjoy the game this weekend, or the games, I should say, and uh, we have a great series. And we get a chance to talk to you about the ALCS as well. So enjoy it, man, and we'll, we look forward to catching up, uh, catching up with you down the line. I hope so. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Thanks, Thanks man. All right, we got to get to. We got Gordon McGinnis coming up next, so we're going to step out, talk some football next with Gordon McGinnis of Pro Football Focus. All right, welcome back, Big Bad Morning Show, talking some NFL. We welcome in Gordon McGinnis from Pro Football Focus. Gordon, how are you? Doing well, thanks. How are you guys? Good. Uh, I do have a quick question for you. What time where you where you are right now will Thursday night football go off for you? Uh, it's like one thirty a.m. So you get uh, to go to me. sleep tonight, and not worry about this <laughs> this game that's going to be playing, right? I, I do. I actually, I've made a point. I used to be someone who stayed up late to watch like every primetime game. I now, I'm now 37, so I'm getting older. I get up in the morning and I have a nice little bike ride and watch the game uh, in like a condensed 40 minute version in the morning. So I've got a, a very, a very middle aged way of watching primetime games now. <laughs> I, I actually appreciate that though, because it is something, um, you know, when you, when you think about trying to, we all make business decisions now. We're working in the morning, we get up around 4 a.m. There are some games, and this will probably be one of them this evening, that I'll watch in a condensed variety in the morning at some capacity. <laughs> um, but go ahead, Ed. You you got something for Gordo? We're just curious about the, you know, the team we actually care about here as opposed to tonight, like the Ravens. Um, how about Lamar's performance against Cleveland? How, how does that rank as far as you know his this season or maybe even in his, uh, his career? I think it was definitely his best um, game of the season so far. I think you could make the case that it was – one of the best games of his career, probably taken out that 2019 season, whereby you know there's yeah. a handful of games in there whereby you know he has like five plus touchdowns, things like that. But I, I think in particular, you look at the the throw to Zay Jones, uh, sorry Zay Flowers, where he you know holds in the pocket, then scrambles and throws on the run, and then the the pass where he lofts into Mark Andrews in the corner of the end zone. I think those two those two passes show that he's evolved as a passer. I think this season. Hey, I, what about, um, you know, we talk about uh, this offensive line and some of the injuries they've had. Um, do you think Ronnie Stanley can help fix some of the issues they've had? He definitely can. I think the the tough part is the fact that they've just, you know, continually had injuries across there. So Taylor Linderbaum was back last week, looked really good. They potentially get Stanley back this week, but now potentially Morgan Moses is out. So all those things, I, I think when they can get all five starters back, they're going to be in a pretty good spot. The tough thing for them on the interior is that um, Kevin Zeitler, I think he's generally been okay, but he's not at the same level he was uh, in previous seasons where he was like a Pro Bowl caliber guard. So I think the the combination of the injuries plus some of the older players kind of dropping off a little bit um, has caused them some issues. Yeah, I think for sure. Because he's he was actually, I think, the best lineman he had because of his experience. And then, ah. anyway, have you seen enough of a change in the um 
in the offense? Because we, we were talking about, you know, everybody he was down on, on Greg Roman and, and Happy Munkin was coming. It's supposed to be a more explosive. Um, it's an offense you're more used to seeing in the NFL. Have you seen enough of that? I think right now I would say they need to be pushing the ball downfield more. And they're actually, like, the quality of their downfield passing. Lamar Jackson is currently our highest graded passer throwing the ball 10 plus down, yards downfield but he's 30th in the league in 10 plus yard attempts and I think the offensive line issues are definitely playing a part there um, and I think that's the next evolution in the offense is kind of pushing the ball downfield a little bit more because Lamar has looked really good when he's done it. Give me your thoughts just on the matchup with the Steelers because I've said this before like everybody's killing Matt Canada right he's been terrible and uh, this offense hasn't been doing much I don't know how I feel about Kenny Pickett what do you make of this matchup? Because we always say when, when the Steelers and Ravens meet up throughout the records, it doesn't matter who's playing, they hate each other, it usually turns out to be a fairly good game. Yeah, I think it, it always is. Like The amount of times over the years whereby the Ravens have had a backup quarterback and they've won, and the Steelers have had backup quarterbacks and they've won, or it comes down to you know a field goal and you know, it winds up being a really close game. I think it's the teams know each other really well. The the head coaches know each other really well, so it always just lends itself to being you know a tight game. And I know it's not it's not what it was in terms of an almost guaranteed prime time game these days, but. It's going to be a throwback football game. It's going to be chippy. There's going to be big hits, and it's probably going to come down to to a field goal. You think the Ravens are getting recognized for the, what a great defensive season they have? Have everybody was talking about Cleveland, Cleveland, Cleveland. The Ravens are third in, in yards allowed, fourth in points allowed, and uh, I mean it, it's a really good defense starting this year. Yeah, I think especially because of how good Cleveland was the first three weeks, they were definitely being ignored, especially with it being within the the division. The only thing I would say is like a caveat. I think the defenses looked really good. Um, the balance is probably they went up against C.J. Stroud in his very first start. Mm-hmm. Uh, clearly hampered by injured injury, Joe Burrow. Gardner Minshew is a backup quarterback and a fifth round rookie in Dorian Thompson Robinson. So. You know, I think the defense has been really good. I think they've benefited from a, a pretty decent quarterback slate so far. But the counterpoint to that would be they've had a ton of injuries on defense and they've still been able to to keep going. So as they play better quarterbacks in the year, they're going to have Marcus Williams back. They're going to have Marlon Humphrey back. So I think they're going to be one of the top defenses in the NFL throughout the year. Yeah, I mean, we're talking to Gordon yep, McGinnis, of Pro Football yep. Focus here on uh, our WGK Law guest hotline. And, and Gordon, before we get to your prediction on the game, I just wanted one more thing with Mike Tomlin. What, what do you make of him as a coach? Everybody talks about him being one of the best coaches in football. Seems like he and Harbaugh very loyal to their assistant coaches, as we alluded to the Matt Canada stuff. But, I mean, do you feel like time's kind of passed him by? It hasn't been the same without Big Ben. What, what are your thoughts on him as a, as a coach overall? It feels a little bit like he's in the same spot now that John Harbaugh was before Lamar Jackson came in and that kind of ignited the Ravens offense and kind of sparked things. Like it felt like John Harbaugh at that point was we'd reached the point whereby, you know, the Ravens were going to have to go in a different direction. I think I think Tomlin's there as well. Like he needs either an offensive coordinator to come in and spark the offense or he needs Kenny Pickett to take a huge step forward, which I think a lot of people thought would happen given how he finished the year. And it's really not been the case so far this season. So He's in that point whereby I, I think he's still a very good head coach, and I think he's getting more out of this team that they have than a lot of other coaches would. But realistically, like he's going to have to get something from that offense or have to get something at, at the quarterback position or eventually you run out of road. So what do you think, all that said, who do you think prevails on Sunday? 
I, I have a hard time looking past the Ravens just now. One, Kenny Pickett, if he plays, is hurt. Two, it's potentially another backup quarterback. And I think the Ravens' offense is going to keep getting better throughout the year. Um, I think some of the throws we saw Lamar make, the, the running game, I, I don't think people are talking enough about how good the running game is. Some of the things that Todd Munkin's doing with motion and bringing Zay Flowers um, to open things up. I, I think the Ravens are going to have a little bit too much. Um, I think it probably comes down to a late field goal or a late touchdown, but I think the Ravens win. There we go. That's Gordon McGinnis, Pro Football Focus. Definitely check him out over there and check him out on Twitter. Gordon, appreciate your time as always, man, and enjoy the games this weekend. Thanks, guys. All right. Thank you, man. That's great. Great stuff from him as always, man, just breaking it down and, and going through it. And uh, I do think the Pro Football Focus, guys, again, everybody's going to have their thoughts on which statistics site or whatever. You know, people mm-hmm. have gone to all these different sites and which ones you trust. There are, like, even when we talk to Ken McCusick, who does his own grading, Pro Football Focus has their type of grading. I talk about um, in baseball, you got B War and F War. Uh, Fangrass has their own style of war yeah. where certain things aren't taken into consideration. And um, so, I mean, depending ESPN on ESPN, has their own quarterback rating. Yeah. So, like on their own grading scale and what PFF does, some people look at it and go, well, why'd this guy grade out as the number one lineman or wide receiver or whatever it was? Um, but yeah, we see that from time to time. But I love what Pro Football Focus does. Uh, coming up at 9 o'clock, we're going to talk some more Ravens. we got some NBA talk in there as well with Jerry Membry. Season's right around the corner, mm-hmm. so I'm excited. Uh, but up next, it's the world of stupid. And, Ed, we're going to go back to an old love story that we talked about between a 63-year-old woman and a, her 26-year-old husband. Tell you what they're doing. We're going to talk about, uh, got more to this story about it, the woman that claimed Ozempic burned off her genitals. I want to break this story down for you. Do you? Yes. And the son of Bucky's, what is that like? A, a the Bucky's co-founder? What is what is? It's the gas station. It's a gas station. Yeah. Where is that? Like uh, the closest one to us, they are going to put one in between uh, Virginia Beach and Richmond. Okay. But other than that, I think there's one in North Carolina. But they're like, it's like if Wawa was on steroids and it was like two floors. Oh really? Yeah, like they have ones in Texas that are multiple floors. I love Wawa. All right, well, the Bucky's Convenience Store co-founder is facing a bunch of charges for uh, illegally recording people in the bathroom. It's the son of the co-founder. We'll, we'll talk about him and what a creep he is. That's coming up in the world of stupid. <laughs> Would you guys like to play a game? Anyway, we're going to get to the world of stupid here. It's going to be so much fun. Let's start off with this Bucky story. The son of Bucky's co-founder accused of using hidden cameras to spy on guests in a Texas lake house bathroom. I've never understood this. Like, people putting cameras in bathrooms and spying on people using the bathroom. Like, I don't know what you get out of it. I don't. Are you hoping that somebody gets undressed fully or like... Sure, at least, you know, you see something or so you get some kind of odd perversion. Watch people <laughs> in the bathroom. I don't know. Not knowing they're being recorded. Yeah. Uh, but Mitchell Wasek... But it's very common. It's happened here. It happens all the time. Yes. Uh, is... Facing accusations, he secretly recorded males and females using toilets, showering, changing clothes, and or having sex. Um, Wasik, the son of Bucky's co-founder, Donald Wasik, was arrested Tuesday in Travis County. The creepy scheme was exposed when guests at the lake house who were there with Mitchell Wasik. By the way, I don't know if you might say, like, we talked about uh, people that stay at Airbnbs. And, like, a long time ago, yeah. you and I said, you said, I... I wouldn't stay. I don't want to stay at Airbnb because if I'm throwing you under no, the bus here, no, it's 100. percent I'm convinced because people do. They place hidden cameras in these things for this exact reason, and there it's even worse because you are going to see people naked. They're going to change. They're going to shower. They're going to you know, have sex. So I mean, I think you know, Airbnb is a very 
Pay money to take your chances. Yeah, when I use Airbnbs, I pull my butt cheeks apart and walk around the room to make sure they're getting their their, their full money's worth, Ed. You probably get your money back. Under the name Mike Honcho, that's what I do. Do you? Yeah. 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 <laughs> he was a cover guy in Blue Boy Magazine. Last I think man. so. Mr. September, maybe? Uh, so, anyway. But this story is just... the way people think the way they do. I don't care. Let's, uh, <laughs> but this story is just like... A creep. I mean, there's no other way to describe it. Like, if you're spying on people doing this stuff, it's just creepy. Ugh. Ugh. Let's get to this story, because I want to spend some time on the age difference one. Because it's It's very interesting what they want to do and what they're hoping to get done. But I brought this up yesterday saying I was reading headlines, and one of the headlines was, uh, (laughs) Ozempic burned off my genitals. I found a piece of charred skin on the toilet. To which Ed asked me, where is she injecting it? (laughs) What the hell is going on here? And this is actually um, a professor of pharmacology. uh, Where are we at here? Maria Rosas, health at the University of Texas, Rio Grande Valley, penned a testimonial on her Ozempic use for Newsweek, revealing that she suffered severe burns and charred skin on her vagina, anus, and buttocks. Well, that's the only side effects, but you look great. Yeah. Well, no. I just charred like by a flame. I mean, I can see like when you get a, a burn from reaction, does it actually char? Or is it just like, you know? She said, I noticed pieces of my skin on my toilet seat and the tissue paper when I cleaned my genital. Is she sure they weren't dingleberries or something? Like, I mean, that's, that's a possibility, right? Dingleberries, a possibility? Joe? Yeah, it happens. Yeah. Jungle down there. I don't know. Man. It's, a, it's a jungle down there. <laughs> I, I don't know why this sentence just makes me just smile. I checked, and my genitals, anus, and buttocks were severely burned. She checked. Like, you went, like, you actually went in the mirror and started looking at all I your I guess. Parts. Have you ever done that? No. I looked at mine once in the mirror. It blew my mind. Did it? No, I'm kidding. I didn't do it. <laughs> I think uh, you did. <laughs> the grandparent of three and doctor of medicine who's grappled with type 2 diabetes for over 20 years first began taking the, the pricks, as they put it. Her injections in April. Mm-hmm. Thanks for that, New York Post. Hoping the Ballyhood Pharmaceutical would stabilize her glucose levels and curb the frequency of her meds intake. It was only once a week injection, and I was tired of taking all the medications twice a day for so long, Rosa said. But how, like, have you read all the side effects for this? Because I know we, we yeah, were talking about it the other day. Yeah. yeah. So, like, but is charred genitals one? It was supposed to be some kind of allergic reaction. Yes. It was. Yes. It could affect your genitals, but it didn't say about charring them but it was yeah they weren't getting barbecued they were getting you know itchy or you know well when we were talking about like wiping i did get a um a text from a buddy that said we have a mutual friend that wiped wiped back the front for all these years until he got a rash underneath of his boys down there How does it even happen? <laughs> I don't know when you were taught how to do that it's like <laughs> he'd been doing it wrong his whole life but I mean, how old is this person? He was like 20-some years old when he found out, I think. A large hive-like swelling on the face, eyelids, lips, tongue, throat, hands, feet, or sex organs. So you can get, like, you Oh, I know, thought you covered that in the beginning. Allergic. What? The butt. Never mind. Reread the body parts you were talking about. It's all of them. Eyelids, <laughs> lips, face, tongue, yeah. throat, hands, feet, or sex organs. Like, so, I mean, yeah, it's in there. Charred. It didn't say charred. It said hive-like swellings. Like oh. an allergic reaction. Like, you know... Are they trying to scare people from getting it so more people well, can get it? Well, it kind of makes me wonder. Yeah, I, I get. A, I do get that sense though. 
that they're really trying to owe you because it's been so successful. You know, are they paying doctors to, you know, like are the Wegovy people paying people to say Ozempic sucks because <laughs> it's like their competitive drug? Or How different are they? They're all very similar, right? Yeah, Wegovy's used more for just weight loss. Ozempic's used for diabetes with a side, of, uh, side benefit of weight loss, apparently. Okay. But I, I just, I'm starting to, because I think the drug business, you know, the pharma, big pharma is so dirty and that it, it wouldn't surprise me. Oh, nothing will, especially if you've watched uh, Painkillers on Netflix to yeah. see what the Purdue pharmacy has been doing for years. Because it's, you know, these are, and those are the more the common. Pharma. They're saying they're more common. The less common are sour, sour stomach belching, gas, heartburn. I guarantee those are the more common. Yeah. The ones that are saying the less common. Come on. Well, here's the the last story. I'm 63, and I'm determined to have a baby with my 26-year-old husband. We've actually done the story about these guys dating. Cheryl McCain, 63, from Rome, Georgia, married Karan McCain, who is 26. She's 37 years older than him. This is the couple. Oh, man, I just turned my screen off. Maybe their faces did it. Uh, Because she looks like, she kind of looks like the old lady in um, uh, Kingpin. Better start, look. She's just not a, it, like, how is that, is this Harold Maud? Is that what this is? Like, Oof, uh. well, that's what, <laughs> 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 Ed Gladstone, this <laughs> uh. is like the most honest reaction to someone. I was waiting for the drop pie comment because her face does look like a drop oh, she pie. She can haunt the house, <laughs> bitch. She's a witch. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That better be the encore. Did you see it? Did you get it? Did not have eyebrows also? He looks like NoHo Hank from... Uh, <laughs> Can I gander this thing? <laughs> she looks so scary. <laughs> Boo! Take off all your clothes. No! I mean, this is... She's... Oh, my God. Look, look at this. Like, who is that? <laughs> <laughs> Come on. They're together. Like it, together. <laughs> she, she just dug her up. She, <laughs> <laughs> it's unbelievable. She wants to have a baby. <laughs> That's what we need. Another one of that. <laughs> Who's gonna take care of him? Kim's crib. That's what gonna be the only place she can work. Oh, I got more pictures and videos. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I don't have a live read after this, right? <laughs> you're, you're good. You're good. I'm going home after this. <laughs> I am like... sweating and crying. I'm oh. look. All right, so I'm going back to social media <laughs> at JCon Sports. You guys, you, you gotta can, post that. You guys can go look at the oh. picture of her and her husband. This is a real couple, too, because we did this story a long time ago, and I remember talking about it, but... <laughs> this is her month for sure. That's <laughs> why <laughs> so it comes back up it's in October. This <laughs> is like, I mean, come on. <sighs> Those pictures are so awful oh, of her. That's probably, and they're probably the best ones they got. <laughs> Think about it. Like, I talk about the butt in the middle of my forehead. Like, she's got... 
She's got more wrinkles than a pound puppy. Uh, I'll forget. Like a Sharpay. She's like, I mean, she's a cross between a Sharpay and Uncle Fester. She's white as alabaster with these big dark circles under her eyes. She's skinny. She looks like she's about 112 years old. It's like, what does she want a baby for? Does she want to sacrifice it? <laughs> Jesus. Oh, man. Oh. All right. That's your, that's your world of stupid. Could you imagine you wake up at night to take a leak and she's next to you? She's just watching you. I just want to watch you sleep. God, get out of here. Your old bag. Let's drop a steak through that heart. <laughs> I'm getting out of here. It's coming up. Coming up. <laughs> We're talking right this day. What a fan. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 